0: What's up ninjas and ninjats, Tim here, head ninja at Exposure Ninja and best selling digital marketing author. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja digital marketing podcast. As you know, this show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. And in this episode, I'm super delighted to be joined by Tommy Griffith. Now, Tommy now runs a digital marketing training company, which I'll tell you about at the end. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring Tommy on the show is that he's been SEO manager at PayPal and Airbnb. So I wanted to bring him on to ask him about what it's like working in SEO at those sorts of companies. He's got some really great stories about what happened at Airbnb, a whole bunch of stuff that he'd learned, the eternal conflicts that we all face between SEO and user experience and design, um, and how they kind of manage that relationship or how he kind of Uh, was managed by the designers. Um, Really interesting. And there's actually quite a lot that's relevant for for smaller businesses as well, talking about the importance of user experience and not just sacrificing everything um, for SEO. So really enjoyed this interview. Tommy's a great guy as well. And while I've got you, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. You can watch all of these podcast episodes, we film them as videos on the YouTube channel just go to youtube.com forward slash Exposure Ninja. We also upload a whole bunch of other digital marketing uh, videos there as well. So some behind the scenes stuff, also showing you how to do things like create a marketing strategy, um, how to tell why your website isn't working, which is quite a common one. Um, Loads of uh, videos that we upload every week usually. Um, So definitely check that out. There's some really good stuff on there. So that's youtube.com forward slash Exposure Ninja. Anyway, without further ado, Enjoy the show with Tommy Griffith, previously of Airbnb and PayPal. Tommy, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it.
0: So as you know, in this podcast, we go behind the scenes of a particular marketing channel campaign or strategy that you've used to grow a business. Now, in this case, quite excited because you've used this particular marketing channel which is SEO to help grow PayPal and Airbnb. So, maybe you could give us a bit of a background as to how you ended up managing the SEO there.
1: <laughs> yeah, the least qualified clown you've ever met ending <laughs> up at <laughs> at, uh, at these big companies. Yeah, I, um, I, uh, you know, it's funny how many people like when when we when I um, interview people or talk to talk to other digital marketers as well. One of my favorite things to do is ask how people got into digital marketing. And um, I find it fascinating because so many digital marketers have a weird story. Digital marketers are very weird. Um, And and everyone seems to, what I find is most digital marketers get into it one of two ways. One is they're working on their own projects and they suddenly say like, crap, I need to rank, right? Or crap, I need to figure out Facebook ads. Or their boss asks them, to do it right, they're like, "Hey, we hired you for this X type of marketing. Actually, can you go look at Y type of marketing? Right, like we brought you up for this, but can you please go figure this out? Right." Um, I started, yeah, I uh, like a lot of digital marketers. I read The Four Hour Workweek ten years ago, mm-hmm. right, Tim Ferriss's book. Um, figured out a, I had a funny story. I wrote I wrote this very dorky ebook, and I tried to get it right. Came to the top of Google. Taught myself on in that way. Worked on a couple other projects. Ended up at an agency, and then suddenly uh, PayPal was hiring for an SEO manager. And this would have been eight years ago now. Um, I joined kind of entry level, twenty-four years old, managing search engine optimization at one of the one of the biggest websites in the world. Pretty crazy. <laughs> <gasps>
0: How cool was it on a scale of one to ten?
1: PayPal was not cool. Uh, <laughs> okay, zero. <sorry. laughs> PayPal was very, very boring company, and the, the type of stuff um, that they needed. And enterprise SEO is incredibly boring, right? Like it's a lot of. My favorite example is is um, the fact that Google has an SEO team, right? Uh, this this tells you everything, right? Because enterprise SEO is getting lots of groups to realize. That they shouldn't know index stuff, right? <laughs> like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really like you hire someone to be responsible and to be like yelled at when things kind of break and like who who like has to pull people aside and be like, this is going to drop revenue twenty percent if you push it out. Like that's a lot of, of what it is, right? And PayPal it was especially that way because it's just a boring, slow. Look, I, I don't want to talk too much crap about my former corporate overlords, but I mean, but it's just like a boring bank, kind of a bank, right? And so a lot of it was, yeah, making people realize that that particular change would, would really hurt the, the business. And here's other things we can do to expand in new markets, stuff like that.
0: So how did you move from PayPal to then Airbnb?
1: Yeah, yeah, so manage, uh, managed search engine optimization for two years at PayPal, and then Airbnb um, was, was kind of right place, right time. Um, it's actually a funny story. I, um, you know, I worked there for four years, but um, it took a very long time to to get that job. I applied three times and kept getting rejected um, over and over and over again. It just took an absolute beating. But I love the company. I love the uh, I love the the um, everything about it. And uh, eventually, they were like, "Can you please stop calling us? Fine, you can work here." It. It's basically. <laughs> it's, basically how it worked but it was it was it was amazing i mean i couldn't you know I run my own business now but um i could i would not change that experience for the world world i mean it was just such an incredible time to be there um we got to work on really interesting things there was one point where i was Airbnb, it was just me on the seo team by the time i left there's 12 people and It it grew a lot every single year the business doubled and then stuff like you know the the first week there the state of new york subpoenaed airbnb for data and then like the last week i was there you know Beyonce stayed in an airbnb and we worked on a super bowl commercial i mean just wow. the stuff that happened was I mean, yeah. kind of unrelated to me but like it was just an amazing time to to be there you know
0: so most listeners who are doing seo or working with an agency use really kind of straightforward kpis when they're measuring the performance of their seo like organic conversions organic traffic ranking. For something like Airbnb, where there are so many variables, such huge branded traffic, and then all of this other stuff like Beyonce and stuff and going on at the (laughs) same time. How, like what KPIs were you working towards? How did people know if you were doing a good job?
1: This is a a great question. Um, (laughs) My boss loved to ask me that every week. What are you doing? (laughs) Um, So both um, so Airbnb and actually a lot of massive sites that, uh, that are like this have this have this big problem, especially um, so I joined there in 2013. And this was when I believe the not provided switch to secure search went to 100 percent in 2013. Um, so it slowly dripped out actually while I was at, at PayPal right when I started there. And then they went to the full. Um, I'm not sure how familiar your listeners would be, but yeah. Google initially used to give us all of our organic query-referred data, right? We knew the keyword people were typing in when they came to the site. Then they started to slowly turn that off, and then eventually they they ratcheted up to 100%. So we we no longer knew kind of which keywords were driving which conversions, right? Um, Attribution was a massive part of what I had to do every day. uh, And it was incredibly difficult, as you alluded to earlier, because... So much other stuff was happening, right? When branded searches for the business are doubling every year and everything's going up, it's like, how do you actually prove you're, <laughs> you're doing anything, right? So um, we played with different attribution models all the time. One that works for most people but didn't work for us, and it also doesn't work for a lot of other marketplace businesses was, okay, the easiest way to do it, the 80-20, is like, okay, homepage traffic is branded, traffic to deeper level pages is not. This becomes a problem when you become a massive brand where navigational queries for your brand are for deeper pages. Yelp is Yelp is a good example of this, right? Coffee Shop San Francisco, Yelp, right? Um, TripAdvisor is a good example of this, right? TripAdvisor London, right? So this is a branded search that takes you to a deeper page. Airbnb was the exact same way. Airbnb San Francisco, that's a branded search. The SEO team should not get credit for that but your your that traffic is going into your deeper pages, right? Um, so it's incredibly difficult to um, to figure this stuff out. Uh, the The way we ended up um, fi- uh, working on attribution and proving stuff out was with an experiment framework, um, and we actually worked a lot. Pinterest um, was kind of the first ones to <clears throat> I'm sure other people did this. Pinterest did a really good job of publishing this on their engineering blog and they're also pinterest and airbnb are, are kind of we're, we're right we're on the same we're like a couple blocks from each other in san francisco the engineers were like we're stealing each other's employees all the time people everyone's kind of friends with each other um they helped us actually do it and we published a, a blog post about it on the um data science blog as well but the basic idea is um we would enter the, the nature of the problem we have so many pages the 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 upper bound of potential pages we were trying to get indexed was in the, the the millions, the tens of millions, right? Because we had 55 different domains in a ton of different languages as well, right? And so the nature of the problem is very comprehensive. right? The easy way to think, okay, I'm typing in, I'm an American and I'm typing Miami Beach vacation rentals. That's simple. But you can also have a Hungarian typing in, you know, bed and breakfast Prague in Hungary. And you can also have an Italian typing... You know, villa in Majorca um, from you know uh, from Greece, right? And so, like, there's just so many possible combinations. Um, we had so many, so many possible pages, which is a, a blessing and a curse. But yeah, I'm rambling a little bit. But the uh, the idea here was we introduced an experiment framework where we, whenever we would make a change from an SEO perspective, we would introduce it to just a certain number of pages, and then we essentially measure. The delta in that change, or the incremental lift in that in that um, change in traffic, and then once it was statistically significant and positive, we would roll it out everywhere. Um, so it was all experiment based. It wasn't ever like, oh, we're looking at Google Analytics every day. It was like, okay, our hypothesis is X, the result was Y, and we take credit for that win.
0: Got it. Got it. And and how closely were you and the SEO team working with content teams?
1: So um, this is really interesting. We were not a big content play, um, which is fascinating because Airbnb is pushing out a lot of content, but it was never, never for SEO. Um, it was always for other, other things, right? We, um, the nature of the product was never like... This was in it, uh, initially one of the strategies when I got there was the stuff, and we ended up abandoning it because the scale of our problem was too big. Right. Um, so like writing one blog post about the seven top things you can do on a family friendly vacation in in Greece, it's like, dude, we have 10 million pages, to fix, right? You know? Um, so, you know, our social media team is incredible. The, a lot of the branding team is incredible. Like the stuff they did was amazing, but actually very rarely we were, we were even looking at what they were doing from an SEO perspective. We would help with the basic stuff, but, um, the, na- the nature of the it, it's a web application that we're trying to optimize from an yeah. organic search perspective, yeah. right? And so the wins were better locally localized title tags, right? And better internal links, and actually modifying the web application, not, um, not content.
0: Right, 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 cool. And and you kind of get that experience looking at the site, don't you? It feels like it's, it's almost UI driven rather than SEO driven. I guess like a lot of these sites that have such huge branded traffic, you don't have loads of text on the homepage trying to rank for these generic terms.
1: Yeah. So this was you are uncovering what was basically um, what ruined my life for four years, which, <laughs> is, which is which is user interface text on the page and and like ruining designers' day. Yeah. It was basically my job. My job was to ruin the designers' day. Um, and yeah, it was very, very tough, right? Because the company is founded by designers. Yeah. Um, you know, Airbnb really led the way in terms of getting people to care about design. You know, one of the things I think that uh, I'm obviously very biased and I have fully drank all the Kool-Aid, but one of the things I think Airbnb did that was amazing was they made everyone realize high quality photography is, is so helpful, right? Absolutely. Like it, I think that one of the biggest assets they have is high quality photography. Um. So designers run the show at Airbnb, and as the SEO guy, when you're like, hey, I'd like to add uh, 10,000 words of text to your beautiful design, they like, can you get out of here, please? <laughs> like, can you get, like, do not, do not say that again, right? Like, um, but it was very difficult balancing that because uh, there's a ton of emphasis on user testing and research and interviewing users and, um, you know, uh, recording their sessions and bringing them in and uh, asking them for feedback. And then I'd be like, hey, this is incredibly search engine unfriendly. And and at my argument, I, I had a lot of actually difficult time trying to get traction in in convincing the internal teams why um why we needed text. But then the argument we started to make that started to work was that search engines are people too. Right? Mm. right <laughs> like, yeah. and it is in, in a way, it, it did work because um it is an experience. It is a user experience. It's a robot, it doesn't have feelings, but, uh, but it was a user experience. And, and that actually did resonate, which was helped.
0: I mean, the, the conversation that we often have with designers and clients who are really attached to text is that actually the text improves the conversion rate and improves the user experience. How? how I'd, I'd be really interested to know, because obviously, Airbnb is so visually driven. At every stage, you're never really digging through a lot of text was that something that the team found there as well? Or was it, you know, was that text always a a kind of enemy, if you like, that had to be eliminated or reduced?
1: (laughs) Yeah, the the text was an enemy and the SEO team was the enemy. They tried to to eliminate, try to eliminate me more than once. Um, no, yeah. So it was, uh, you know, I, uh, um, actually, I should actually email some of my old friends that are still running things and see what kind of experience they're running now. But, um, yeah in general um uh uh text less text was was kind of higher converting when mm. traffic was already there right our goal as the seo team of course was massively the traffic right and so um you get it, it's nothing to do with airbnb it's just big company stuff you you get um collo- like colliding um sort of goals from mm. internal teams right mm. um and it was very 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 difficult to move things forward um, because people loved the brand and it was naturally vi- uh, viral in and of itself everything was increasing and then like it became this staple design that everyone started to to mimic but i am sitting there like screaming like, like like we are we are shooting ourselves in the foot right uh, but but it kind of the message got watered down because the, every other aspect of the business is was growing so much we eventually everyone came around to it and we started to to do things um that that made it work so like uh now they're they're doing a bunch of experiments around they have mouse over stuff and show more buttons and um like kind of the um in, info boxes that that a, a lot of people are, are playing with now i've seen TripAdvisor do this um i've seen um uh, i think thumbtack does this pretty well as well but the the kind of marketplace sort of web application where you want to balance a light looking design with enough text for search engines to understand. I mean, it's, it'll, it'll probably go on forever. Like everybody's dealing dealing with this, right? You no one wants the stuff, the footer with content, and they want to keep the nice design. But at the end of the day, search engines need enough copy to figure out what's going on, right? That's the problem.
0: I mean, do you think that'll ever change? Because the UI people will always say that Google's looking at how people are using the site and, you know, repeat traffic and branded traffic and that stuff will start to play in more than just looking at text on a page, Do you think that's always going to be the way we're always gonna have this battle?
1: I would love it if they could figure it out. Um, (laughs) But if if, (laughs) it, but it, it, uh, I don't see it changing any anytime soon, right? I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, it's just purely if I'm trying to get into the head of a search quality engineer, um, it's gotta be significantly easier from a document relevance perspective to suck up the document and parse out what's going on mm-hmm. via text, right? Mm-hmm. Like once our, our AI overlords change that, like think that'll be great. But uh, I don't, I, I don't see it happening anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Putting yourself in the other perspective, were there any of your, um, Perceptions that were changed by having to bow down to to the UX overlords about SEO <laughs> or about website performance in general. Was there anything that you were like? Oh no, we really can't do that. That's such a bad idea. And then they ran it anyway, and it's like, oh, actually, that wasn't too bad.
1: Yeah, this is this is a great question. Um, and that was so much of the job actually was because you know, okay, I'm I've been doing SEO for ten years. I'm incredibly biased towards SEO. I always what's what's that saying? Uh, uh, a carp- to, every, to, every, to a carpenter, every problem is a, is oh, a nail. Oh, yeah, yeah, like to like a that. hammer, every
0: problem is a nail, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That was me, right? And my solution to everything was SEO. And, and that's like not that balanced. um And there would be plenty of times where we would say, okay, here's what we want to do. Here's the change we want to make. Here's what the total addressable market is. Here's what we think the impact on the business is. And we would lay it out. And then um, an executive on the growth team or someone else would look at all, all of it, or, or or a designer that had a lot of stuff would look all, at all of it and say, "No, we, we're not going to do that," or or the trade off isn't worth it. Hmm. And at first, that's incredibly brutal and demoralizing, right? Um, but then, as you know, as the team grew and as we started to to make a huge impact on the site, it became um, just part of life, part of hmm. work, and actually didn't. Didn't take it personally at all, because like there were just so many times where I was proven wrong, where like having the high quality photos and not doing the text and doing the doing the stuff that um, wasn't a short term win, like was the right move. Right. Mm. And uh, I was lucky enough to have such incredible like colleagues and people way smarter than me that were they were kind of, um, you know, to be frank, they were they sort of saw the bigger picture uh, more so than me. Uh, but that's what a specialist does, right? That's sort of my job—yeah—to like yeah. to be to be the person working on this one thing, and then someone smarter than me is like, "No, we're not going to do that." Mm. Right? But that's that's sort of the role, right?
0: Yeah, you're like a specialist player on a sports team, right? You're coming, you're you're needed to be there, even if you're not used every time. Like your input is valuable. I, I'm really curious. So, if you were building a site and optimizing it before. Airbnb and after B&B, what are the things that you would do differently with all this info that, that you'd had on all these different perspectives that you would gained?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, the, the things that changed me, I am I am not a designer. I do not have a, a an eye for design. I can barely wear shorts and shirts that match, right? Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't have an eye for it. But like, yeah, like I said, I am um, absolutely convinced that focusing on High quality photography, user experience stuff, mm. and caring about the details has an incredible ROI. Uh, and we, you know, in my own business now, we care about this stuff a lot more because uh, of that experience at, at Airbnb, right? And I think I swayed the minds of some other designers there as well. Like, <laughs> basically, like, yeah, I hope, I hope. I mean, of course, of course, SEO is still. Necessary evil, but you know, I say, hey, you know, how about all that traffic we got to your beautiful landing page, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I think the big, um, the big ones are, um, yeah, user testing also was a big one. Like you know, Airbnb has multiple rooms in, um, in the headquarters designed to bringing in users, physically bringing in users, and physically recording the sessions and then interviewing them. What are you looking for? What are you trying to do? How do you feel? Like. The kinds of things that when you're working on your business, it always when you do these kinds of things, you're always annoyed, right? Yeah. Because um, it's not impacting the business today. You feel like you're wasting your time. There's there's always ten thousand things you could be doing. And it was this kind of stuff where like you do it and you do it and you do it, and it's so boring, and you don't know why you're doing. You don't know why you're doing. And then when you end and you have this really good data from users, and you actually like humanize the data, um, you sit back and you're like. Wow, you know our customer avatar is entirely different, or we have a different kind of kind of customer avatar that we need to go after, right? So like Airbnb was very good at the research and kind of humanizing the experiences. Mm. And uh, as an SEO, like if you get if you get into internet marketing, especially from the SEO side or maybe the PPC side, I treated it initially like uh, like video games. I used to play video games a lot as a kid, and the dashboards, right, rank tracking software, Google Analytics, it feels like you're playing an RPG or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Right? But, but it turns out, like, there's real people on the other side, and they have real problems. And um, I didn't, I wasn't good at that. I treated I treated people like numbers on a dashboard before Airbnb. And like, being there for four years, I, I kind of humanized. when I see data points in Google Analytics. Now I, I, I remember like, Oh, those are those are people. Mm. <laughs> oh,
0: what a valuable lesson. That's That's super interesting. You mentioned the testing approach that you'd take where you'd implement something and see what happened as a result. What are some of the most interesting outcomes that you had from that experience? And again, was there anything that surprised you there? Um,
1: yeah, so we this shouldn't, just saying this out loud, uh, it's embarrassing that this would have been surprising. But one of the things we did, um go a little bit into the weeds here but but killing killing pages Mm. um was incredibly helpful right Mm. and a lot i mean a lot of people this is kind of a more known tactic now but um in 2013 2014 especially at the scale of what of what we were at the the lift was massive right so the basic idea is okay there's a ton of different uh, the the problem the, the the basic idea with any of these marketplace web applications is you have a lot of filters and those filters can often be mapped onto query volume right so um, in the Airbnb case it's going to be okay vacation rental San Francisco bed and breakfast San Francisco family friendly rental San Francisco rental with a hot tub San Francisco and certain certain filters are going to have um, more or less volume right like so have, like has Wi-Fi no one's searching for that because everyone assumes that that everything has that right, but but has hot tub, family friendly, pet friendly, bed and breakfast. These are all var- variations where you should create a um, an additional URL for it in order to capture the volume hmm. from an SEO perspective. We just said okay, everything that has volume, let's um, let's go through and essentially create a URL designed to hmm. capture it. Right, kind of logical sort of thinking. Um, the reality was we uh, were spread too thin. Right, internal linking was sort of too spread too thinly, and uh, by sort of focusing in on the most important terms, um, we we ran an experiment, basically um, killing a number of killing a number of URLs that were designed to index in search engines. Right, so it didn't change the user experience at all, but basically the total number of URLs we were internally linking to, submitting to XML sitemaps, we like reduced. And just by having a smaller number of um, a smaller number of higher volume pages at scale across fifty-five domains, we started to see massive lifts in this. So, uh, wow, uh, yeah, that that was a that. But but we we ran everything through that experiment framework um, once we created it, and it ended up being super helpful.
0: I can totally understand why I can understand why that would have been totally counterintuitive because particularly back in the day the goal with SEO is mostly like how many pages can we create and how much content can we put on? So, yeah, that's, that's huge. That must've taken a lot of guts to, to try that or to (laughs) implement it even when you saw the test coming off.
1: Yeah. Guts, idiocy, (laughs) um, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you want to pick. (laughs) But, but um, it ended up, it ended up working. Yeah. Which is is good. And yeah, you you bring up a good point because this was the, this is sort of the era of the door, uh, like, I don't know, the doorway pages and, uh, um, you know, Panda and being a big brand that was trusted. Uh, and so you, you kind of did get the benefit of the doubt, but you didn't want to push it too much. Right. A lot of people were, were balancing this when you do like, um, it's just very different experience than content marketing because like I said before, um, it's a web application. And the total addressable number of pages is any city in all of the accommodation variations in that city in every language. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot, right? It's a lot. Like you
0: said earlier, the nature of the problem was comprehensive. I love that phrase. Um, I want to ask you about a kind of newer, newer school SEO strategy, which, well, it's kind of been around a little while now, but HubSpot's thing about Casting a wide net with lots of really informational search terms, driving people through to ebook downloads and that type of thing, which seems like it's I mean, it seems like it's massively at odds with PayPal's strategy, and it does that doesn't seem like something that they'd ever be into. Seems maybe slightly closer to to Airbnb's, but again, I'm not sure it's something that they'd focus on. With your experience of PayPal and Airbnb, is that sort of thing ever something that would have crossed their mind, like trying to you know, create downloads or create content around things to do in San Francisco. Is that any of the reason why they've got these experiences on the site now that they're trying to cast the wider net, or is that just a it's a feature that's ended up having a bit of SEO benefit?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. and actually um, we 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 did this. Uh, my team uh, did this. We created a, a guidebook um, hmm. to kind of to kind of go after uh, go after some of these terms and play with it. So, to answer your first question, and again, I, I haven't worked at Airbnb for two years, but just the nature, I do know um, some of what they're doing. So experience hmm. is, um, is great. It's an amazing product. It's absolutely nothing to do with SEO. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, yeah, the nature of, okay, we have all these people booking accommodations. They yeah. want to start scaling up um, these really amazing local experiences and kind of go the anti. Anti Lonely Planet, anti TripAdvisor yeah, yeah. recommendation. Right, like go to the go to the um, Eiffel Tower, go to the Empire State Building. If they want the, the the cool local stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but we did <clears throat> we did some of this and decided to not invest in it any further. Um, it was a hackathon project initially. We made uh, it was really cool. Um, I think it's been a little bit left by the wayside. So rankings have dropped, but we were ranking pretty, pretty strongly for, you know, things to do New York, things to do San Francisco, things to do LA in all those primary markets. It was, it was a cool product because we took host data. So Airbnb hosts often make guidebooks for their users. And for a hackathon, we aggregated all of it, cleaned it up and basically said, okay, the number one, um, you know the number one thing that Airbnb hosts recommend are this and this, and it was always like cool hipster restaurants and things like that, and uh, you know sick. off off the grid stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, it ended up being, it ended up, um, it was more of a experiences was just launching, and it was a little bit difficult to do the handoff between someone googling um, things to do San Francisco and getting them into an experience because experiences initially launched, was actually kind of more for people who were already Airbnb users and already staying in an Airbnb, and so there was just sort of like some businessy sort of problems there with growing pains of of opening up a new vertical. Um, in terms of like, would would either of those bigger companies do the HubSpot strategy? Um, I don't think so, but it's because I I view all three of those companies as incredibly different, mm. right? So at PayPal, we were doing stuff like. OK, we want to rank for payment, you know, payment processing in Spanish in, in, in Peru um, or like getting small businesses up and like very boring stuff like that. Um, at Airbnb, the the nature of the problem was guests and hosts, um, you know, av- you know, average booking, average customer lifetime, not customer lifetime value, but average booking of maybe a hundred dollars. And it's very travel oriented, right? Um, the nurturing nurturing users to uh to become a guest sure we did that with email marketing but hubspot's kind of taking this angle of like migrate to our cms for these like 100k a year price tags right i mean that's sort of their their or get your team all drinking the hubspot kool-aid so that you're all signed up right I would, like it's kind of like an enterprise software play right essentially
0: yeah sure but the the kind of the whole strategy that they push and suggest, and they've built the business around is these really informational searches trying to kind of then softly convert people into users at some point down the line. And I don't know, I've got some scepticism around the the kind of commercial viability of that long term, I was just interested to see what your your take is with these obviously very ruthlessly commercial, uh, commercial enterprises.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah, i I don't think we. I don't think Airbnb or PayPal would take that strategy. It would be much more bottom funnel mm-hmm. again because the because of the nature of the problem was just bigger that yeah. that it was just more advantageous to rank for name of city accommodation type. Yeah, uh, because we right, right. Well, what do you think? Like, you just sort of alluded to it a little bit, but but uh you you think you question that strategy? Um,
0: yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, the equivalent for someone like Airbnb would be to get people to download a guidebook on the best things to do and then hopefully kind of push them through email marketing into a booking. But I don't know. Maybe if, uh, like you say, maybe if commercial search volume is pretty low, then they have to go for that top of funnel. I guess with Airbnb and PayPal, the commercial volume so high that you can just pick up that bottom of funnel stuff and the graph's just going to go like that, isn't it, for revenue? So you don't need to worry right. too much. Tommy, what are you working on now? Obviously, you're not at Airbnb anymore. You're making some digital marketing courses and helping people out, aren't you? So uh, tell me a bit about that
1: yeah, so I run a digital marketing training course called Clickminded. Um, Clickminded actually started at PayPal and Airbnb. I, I anyone anyone who's listening that's done like the big digital marketing team at a big company knows that you get bothered a lot for a lot of stuff and one of the one of the uh, things I did was like kind of make an internal training not because I'm a nice guy, but I want but mostly because I want people to stop bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I remember actually there was, a, there was an internal document for tracking it at Airbnb, the marketing team said, um, in order to create a conversion event in Google Analytics, you need to, and there's supposed to be a checklist, and the checklist just said, email Tommy. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, the, the SOP, the internal checklist was to bother me. <laughs> Amazing. And so, um, yeah, so I was working on it as a side project, was training helping to train startups on the weekends, um, just for fun in San Francisco. And then I turned it into an online course, um, was working on the online course for a while, um, while I was there. And it got to a point where it started generating more than my salary at Airbnb, um, which was, which is amazing. And now, yeah, full time on it, we, we, we expanded from just SEO to seven different courses. Um, we just re- released like uh, we're doing a bunch of cool stuff too. Did you ever play video games in the in the '90s? Nintendo, Super Nintendo, anything like that? No,
0: really. I was a I was a musician. I was playing drums instead of video games, man. <laughs> oh man, you
1: were you were cool. I was I was nerding out on Nintendo while you were playing while you were in a band. Damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think computer games are a lot cooler than drumming these days.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. You're playing uh, the long but game. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Anyways, we 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 launched these like strategy guides that are based on. Uh, based on like old school Nintendo, Super Nintendo uh, guides. We're doing like a bunch of dorky fun stuff around digital marketing now. So it's been a lot
0: of fun. Cool. And where can people find out about that and follow you?
1: Yeah, clickminded.com. And on Twitter, I'm at at Tommy Griffith.
0: Sweet. We'll link it up in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us, Tommy. It's been absolutely fascinating to dig inside and so reassuring to hear that uh, it's not easy the further up the food chain you go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. When you're in digital marketing, even at the highest levels, you're basically in the business of getting punched in the face every day. So uh, keep that in mind. That's <laughs>
0: something that everyone listening is going to be able to relate to. Thank you so much, Tommy. Really enjoyed this.
1: Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot.